0: Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Shami Cole. He is an entrepreneur, community organizer, and co-founder of Saru Recycling a clean technology company that aims to optimize traditional waste management and recycling processes using integrated hardware and software solutions. My brother Ryan and I met Shami and his girlfriend Aria on a random night in Oaxaca. Inspired by the depth of our conversation and shared interests, it was only right to document this moment in time. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. to opening presents oaxaca part two <laughs> part two hey. just living living the life this is my last day in this city and uh the last couple this last week has been absolutely amazing uh ryan left yesterday um but we met some amazing people along the way you sure did and, <laughs> and one of those people i'd like to introduce to you is Shamie
1: cole how are you i'm doing fantastic um <laughs> What is it? I've, I've been in Oaxaca for a couple of days and was in Mexico City last week. Um, kind of just opening myself up to like the Oaxacan vibes and lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here on vacation, kind of taking a break from the hustle and bustle of just, you know, work from home life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we had the opportunity to meet like, what was it, two days ago? Yeah,
0: yeah, two nights ago. We we're at Chalaparta in the, at like the entrance and we we're just like, yeah. hey, what's going on, brother? <laughs> it was just yeah. one of
1: those authentic black connections, uh, yeah. you know. Just love, you know. You hit the head nod, and you just, you know, get the handshake going. Yeah, and then on and let's boom. go.
0: Let's block boy JB in this bitch. Yeah, facts. <laughs> we were
1: we were turning the club up for sure, for sure. Yeah, but yeah,
0: that that was a an awesome. I think like the conversations that we started facts. with were freaking deep. Like everyone sharing like their passions, and and you sharing yours, and and. And Aria's sharing hers. Definitely. definitely. And all of us seemed like we all had, like, a very similar mission, but we all found ourselves in a new city, or at least new for us. Yeah. Um, But it's so wild that we, like, find each other in these experiences because, like coming into a new place and not having an expectation always leads you to exactly where you need to be.
1: Definitely, definitely. And I feel like just meeting people that maybe live different lifestyles but also have that that same intention and you know have that earnestness about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're chasing a dream and and trying to, you know, change the world in their own way, right? And mm-hmm. and sustain themselves and and, and build themselves.
0: Yeah. Before we dive into those things, yeah. I know you're so eager to share. <laughs> Heavy off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's been your your take on Oaxaca so far? Like, How's the experience been, or what are some of the things you've noticed um, and taken note of? Definitely. Well, I've done a bit of traveling
1: in my day. In my day, I'm, I'm only 26. <laughs> um, in my day, when I was 12. <laughs> but I've been to a few places, and there's definitely no place like Oaxaca. I think when I first came, it definitely was a little shocking from just like Mexico City, Um but I, you know, spent some time, walked the streets, met some cool folks, and just, you know, spent some time in the in the space. And I really love it. I think it's it's kind of like a, a small town vibe. Um, mm-hmm. It feels more honest to me. And I think um, I love like the subtlety of like you know the the effort that folks make, you know, in their small businesses, the galleries, you know, the political you know presence that's out here as well, right? Like mm-hmm. you see, you know, nods to Palestine, what's happening in Colombia, mm-hmm. um, and it's cool to just be surrounded by folks that have that same kind of Awareness, right? Yeah, and they, they recognize what's going on globally not even just you know out here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. one of the things that I noticed was just like Like keeping the money in the community Facts. like Regardless of like what to what extent it is It's like there are shop owners store owners like selling the essentials like household items and stuff and like we're like you know their last name you know their first name you know their kids and and these are all people who are all entrepreneurs in their own right like everybody's going out there and hustling and getting their own and and not relying on corporate structures because maybe they don't have like the corporate infrastructure to support massive amounts of people and 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 i think that's something that like i guess like a lot of westerners wish they could tap into regardless on on what any like level or scale but that's something that I see just across the board. Young people, old people, like all just going out and getting it in the sense of community. Um, I know we talked a little bit earlier about like like you don't know like the owner of Target and in, in Burlington Coat Factory yes, or anything yeah. like that. But you know the lady down the street and, and you're putting money in her pocket. Yeah. You're not having it funneled through this giant organization where they ration off like it's your allowance, like, like you're a bunch of children. <laughs> so that's something that I that I saw and, like, yeah, just the overall sense of community has been something uh, to to appreciate and, and see where we are lacking that in the States.
1: Absolutely. And I think, too, like, just walking out here, you know, my girlfriend made a comment where I was like, this is, like, the first time I've traveled and not seen, like, a Starbucks in a few miles, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like, there doesn't need to be a Starbucks because, you know, folks just have their their own way of living, their own businesses, their, their own... I don't know their their own way of doing things, and you can see that folks put so much attention to detail in their craft. Like, and it's so it, it feels so empowering to be able to su- support, like, have your dollars go to people that need it, mm-hmm. right? And you know, knowing that that money, you know, will help continue to build this community and, th- and this culture that's so inviting and welcoming.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is gonna be a podcast first. The we're actually chilling in like a, a courtyard right yeah. now in front of like a cathedral there's like agave plants like everything is beautiful birds are chirping mm. but one of the store owners just put on music so we're going to walk over oh. to the other side of the courtyard <laughs> Oh, in movement yeah, we're going mobile right now yeah, this is the most mobile shit in the world. Uh-huh. All right, we're, we're moving to the other side of the courtyard. We're yeah, in transit Just right taking a, a <laughs> little walk, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Who needs a fucking podcast studio Facts. when the world is the studio? Oh, for yeah. real, for real. That's, yeah. that's wild. Like, oh, we need a soundproof room and blah, 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 blah. Nah, we're, we're literally nah. walking on like this cobblestone little walkway, giant agave plants, and now we're coming into this little, little section, corner yeah. section of the courtyard in look. El centro Oaxaca yeah. all right let's post up right here we got the birds with us now the sound a little bit further away and we continue Perfect. <laughs> how does uh
1: Oaxaca like um, compare to other places you travel to
0: uh each place has its own like spirit and one of the things that I try to do is like tap into that like through its food through its people and and I feel like I've been able to do that. It it literally takes like 4 days, 5 days to really like feel like you're like you've landed in a place like the first day, first couple of days like there's still like that United States veneer. Mm-hmm. Like and you still got you got to like tear that thing down and that means getting close to people. Definitely. Um but comparatively like everywhere's so different like like I feel like the people here um, outside of like El Centro because El Centro is very like that's like where everybody's getting their money so they're very serious about, about that they're not playing around with like hey how's it going da, yeah. da. but as soon as you step out of like the center of the city I feel like then you're it's more inviting and you get more head nods and you get more smiles and people are more curious because they're just like hey like <laughs> like, like Who we, we still want it, yeah we still are, want our money but who's this black dude with a like with a camera uh, walking <laughs> yeah walking in this neighborhood like when i'm in the neighborhoods that's yeah. when when it's like okay like there's a little bit more connection and i feel more connected uh to the reality of the city outside of the the commerce aspect of of foreigners and tourists coming into town
1: and that curiosity is so it's so interesting because i feel like in the u.s folks are just so disconnected from each other everyone's just so focused and, and hyper individualistic where they're just they're, they're trying to get their bread. They're trying to do their own thing. But you know, folks out here have like this earnest, you know, curiosity. Like, who are you? Like, you mm-hmm. know, I've never, you know, they, I'm sure they've seen folks like us before. But you know, just to to see us, you know, walking and strolling in their communities, and you know, just taking a little bit of an interest in us and coming up to us. I like when I was sitting in the park a little while ago. A guy just came up to me and was talking to me about his kids. And you know, we just had like a little like you know, just a really cool conversation. Yeah. And just like, uh, it was was super dope.
0: Yeah, you can't you can't like you can't facilitate those like experiences back home like outside like you just can't re- recreate it you can recreate like the action and that's something that i feel like we're not so good at in the states is like having that genuine sense of curiosity and wanting to share with one another but i think a lot of us have had very similar experiences in the us where it's like there's a lot of just like individual family trauma and in the trauma of being under a capitalistic society where there's all these rules. Where my brother was talking about the other day, where it's like we're taught to lead with our egos, and, and that's like from day one, it's like it's always like ego first, yeah. and we're all afraid to to put that away and to be uh, real with one another. So I think, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a refreshing thing to experience more of like a like a holistic uh, connected. Community and be like, oh, this is what it could be if we got our shit together. So it's inspiring uh, to take notes from here and and to bring them back home
1: to your own community. Yeah, and I feel like you know, on that same note, it's like we're having you know conversations you know void of our resumes, right? Mm. We're able to kind of just speak about our like you know we're just speaking about our interests, right? (laughs) 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 Right? We're just we're just connecting and you know having little moments, you know, which is so beautiful, like. That night we actually met was like our first night in Oaxaca, and I think it was just so cool to just meet people that you know we could just vibe with off the bat, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, and um, you know get deep with, you know laugh at each other, and just like you know also get down, you know what I mean, because we, mm-hmm. we definitely got that you know dance floor popping, um, <laughs> which is always necessary on any trip. Um, but yeah, I think I think I've been thinking about that as well a lot. Like, how do I bring these lessons learned back to my own community? Because I, I live in LA and South Central, and you know, how can I, like, take that extra step to get to know my neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. And and just really just connect with them and, and, you know, hear their own stories because I think that's something that, like, we're missing a lot. Like, you know, we really just don't know folks well enough, right? Like, we don't take that time, you know, outside of our, our own selves and our own interests to just get to know each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, like, we were saying stories, like, there is an the absence of storytellers and, like, elders and to pass on stories. Definitely. Like, in La Plaza, like, there's, like, like every other night, like there's like these clowns, like, like, yes, like the clowns, like they, they have like the red noses and yeah, stuff, yeah. But they hold court in the, this corner area of the plaza and all the kids and the parents are all there and they're ho- doing that. like a show. And yeah. it's just like everyone's there, like listening to these stories and like, like how important it is to like share the space, but then like learn about your own culture and, and to be lighthearted and and. Uh, just the sharing element is something that's missing where we're so like individualistic. Um, So as we come here as like world travelers and people that are like ready to open themselves up um, experiencing this void of our resumes, I want to flip it back (laughs) around and, and we can share a little bit about your resume. I wouldn't say like bullet points, but just the things that you're excited about and the things, your history, where are you from? Like, like maybe a little bit about growing up and then the things that you're uh, spearheading in this world.
1: Absolutely. Um, I guess just, you know, taking it from the top, I was born in Lagos, Nigeria, um, was there you know, not even a year before we immigrated to the U.S. My parents actually won the lottery, and, and <laughs> both able to get green cards, which was just a blessing. Um, we were originally in Queens, New York for a few months as well. I think we were. it was almost like a year or two years, but this is like when I was not even like, maybe like two years old at this point. Um, and, you know, Nigerians just don't take well out of the cold, you know. So we, had mm-hmm. to, and we ended up moving out to California. You know, I grew up in uh, San Rondino, California, which is in like Southern California, like in the Inland Empire, like like an hour from L.A. Um, but when I'm out here, everyone's like, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from L.A. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, you know, ended up, you know, just being raised by a single mom, you know, learned a lot about, you know, the power of education. And I think, you know, I was always instilled with this kind of community mentality. Um, and eventually, I, I think it just kept evolving, right? Like public service was always top of mind, and I think after a while, you know, I got kind of frustrated while I was in college because you know I was you know really involved in like the student government um, space, and eventually was just kind of losing faith in the public you know system and in, in bureaucracy and whatnot, um, and eventually just kind of turned to like the startup world, right? And, and looking at you know how how can I make a difference with like social impact work, um, and also just recognizing that. You know, where I come from, you know, San San Bernardino has, you know, poor air quality, and that has a huge kind of impact on folks' lives. So kind of connecting to, like, you know, entrepreneurial space, but also, you know, the environmental aspect of, you know, being able to – you know uplift communities and whatnot and you know there was a lot of like little organizations um in college that just helped me kind of connect all these pieces and know as a result i was able to help start, uh, start a startup with some friends uh called sorrow recycling and uh we're essentially a clean tech company out of riverside california and we focus on building like these advanced waste management units that you know kind of restructure how we relate to uh recycling in the modern world right like we want to create a system you know where folks can feel empowered to like Commit themselves to daily environmental action, right? Mm -hmm. Something simple, easy, quick, and convenient, um, but something that actually lays the groundwork for you know solving real issues that are happening in California as well as the nation, you know, by extension, right? Like, you know, we we see something called the recycling crisis where we have millions of tons of recyclables that are going into landfills that could have been used, right, for you know additional products, right. you know, and we really want to push, like, the advent of, you know, the circular circular economy, which is not a new concept, but something that's, you know, making headway, you know, each and every day, each and every month, you know, where different companies are just trying to be more sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think, you know, SparkNotes, you know, we create, like, a, <laughs> the trash can of the future, like a, a smart trash can, um, and we essentially also pay you to recycle, and we uh, sort recycling at the point of disposal. So, whenever mm-hmm. you put any material into our bin, we sort it immediately into smaller bins within our...
0: You know, greater than <laughs> yeah, some futuristic stuff out there. Like that's that's amazing, and I think like getting people to to like rethink their relationship to re- recycling. It's like it's almost like gamifying it. Like exactly. that's kind of like a cheap term, but it's like getting people to engage with it in another sense. Because you're saying there are like monetary benefits to to recycling and and keeping up with the recycling. And and uh, can you go in on on that? side of it like how how does that work
1: definitely definitely so essentially what we've done is we've created an app that that also corresponds to our uh, waste management unit and if you download the app right and if you're you know essentially linked um whenever you throw a bottle into one of our bins we essentially give you back the crv value crv or scrap value of that recyclable material and we send it directly to you know a virtual wallet that's on the app. So similar to like that satisfaction when you get, you know, that Venmo mm-hmm. um, you, you You're like sp- they
0: paid me on time for the first time <laughs> ever. Oh god. <laughs> exactly Thank like you. I
1: got it, you know what I mean? We do that, you know, in a very immediate sense and you know as a result we want folks to feel like damn like I you know I did my part, you know, but I also got my own and you know I I often, you know, it's so crazy that I'm, I'm doing this, pro, uh, this this company because when I was growing up, you know, I didn't, you know, we were lower income, so I didn't get an allowance. And what I did, you know, to get money on the side for like little things was I recycled little mm. bottles at the family parties, wow. at the church events and whatnot. Wow. And I, you know, my mom would always be like, don't, don't throw out the bottles or Shami's going to get pissed because, you know, he's, <laughs> he's the one collected them and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's kind of just full circle. And, you know, I think... There's this like childlike, you know, wonder to recycling that you you develop as a kid, where it's like, you know, you're in your third grade class and you're learning about your three R's, right? And you know, there's something empowering about you know that sense of community around like doing the right thing for the environment and preserving, you know, the pieces of your community, right? That you know affect us all in a very daily la- daily way, right? You you know, we all walk through our community, you know, we all breathe air, right? You know, waste. Hold such a central piece, you know. What I mean, because we all contribute to it, right? And and being able to kind of, you know, get re-inspired and reconnect to that wonder of, oh, I can just, you know, put, you know, a bottle into this bin, you know, you know, get my 10, 15, you know, whatever sense and then keep going about along my day, but also having the opportunity to. Restructure, those, restructure those incentives so you can do more, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not just getting, you know, your twenty dollars. You're getting your money, and you can actually, you know, obviously send it to your own bank account, but you know, contribute to, you know, social aid in your own community, right? You can donate it to local nonprofits and charities. You can connect it to, you know, micro investing platforms, so you could literally be growing your financial portfolio just by recycling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also, you know, connect it to other options like crypto. We're working on this really... And I don't want to monologue. Let me know if I'm just going to... No, no, no. no. Please go in. Please <laughs> go in. in. No, this is free form. Um, we we really want to focus on a population you know, that relies on recycling for their economic sustenance, and that's houseless folks, right? So... Um, we're doing an initiative called the Economic Recovery Initiative, specifically focused on being able to print debit cards from our bin for folks Ooh. that, you know, often utilize, you know, recycling centers in California. And yeah. the reality is recycling centers in California, we've already lost 40 percent of them. One of the biggest, um, you know, recycling centers in California RePlanet, actually closed down in 2018. Um, and, you know, we're seeing folks struggle as a result of that, right? So we want to re, we want to, you know, give them that opportunity again mm-hmm. and do it in a way, you know, that can, you know, financially uplift them, you know, prior to, you know, um, prior to your recycling centers in general, right? Like, you know, if you can get a, a debit card from a recycling machine, right? And essentially be able to put, re- uh, you know, recyclable bottles into the machine. And as a result, you have like a pseudo bank account, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and and we think that's a that's a that's a way to really uplift you know houseless folks and you know we eventually want to create other incentive programs that can you know help them you know move forward and you know regain their economic sustenance
0: wow that is fucking amazing dude i just want to say congrats on on your mission and um, and all the people that you work with and you guys are making some amazing headway like i would i would have never have thought of that and that's that's amazing that you you uh, parlayed this like child your child passion as a child to recycle and then it's wild how it's like we get away from those things unless you stick with it but in my own instance it's like we do these things when we're children and then we uh i get get a dose of unreality when people say we can't do those things and it's we should be thinking more uh realistic and we need to go this traditional route and and do these things but then Uh, If we're lucky, we circle back around and find that the thing that we were on, that intuition we were kids, was exactly spot on. And and, uh, to see, to hear you uh, uh, circle back around or at least just have this this, uh, instinct for service and technology and progression, it's it's wild to see. And I'm excited to see what you guys build in the future because it's like the idea of houseless communities creating a new relationship to recycling yes, but then like commerce and like like a lot of I, I'm assuming like uh, like a, not a lot of houseless people have bank accounts but then to be like oh this is my first bank account or or whenever at some point and and have basically like a community of of infrastructure to to kind of build off of where they can support themselves to to an extent and and build something is is providing an opportunity out of a dire situation on both ends with recycling and like pollution, but then also houselessness, which is rapidly on the rise right now. And it's like, it's, it's killing two birds with one stone, but I don't know who the fuck kills birds, but (laughs) except for everybody, chickens, but yeah, (laughs) yeah. how do you, so I know we talked a little bit about uh, just finding ourselves and finding that, uh, that drive to, to assert ourselves in the world and to share our gifts with the world and and how do we come about like doing that because like the application part is something um that i'm trying to decode with this with this podcast and that and you're going to be you're a a podcast host as well so like uh what was the name of your podcast it's called young and distinguished young and distinguished (laughs) but i think we're we're kind of hitting on the same things as far as like showing uh the process and, and tearing down the walls that are usually kind of like like <laughs> these perceived giant entry gates where you need this special key and then there's like the secret. But like connecting with people like yourself and in uh to illustrate what the journey is 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 of utmost importance and we share that that uh desire to illuminate. But what are some of your ideas on or I guess you can give a background on young and distinguished, but then also the importance of uh, the follow through.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think really for me, what, where it all really starts is just like having that idea and kind of voicing it. Um, Mm. I think with young and distinguished, that was kind of just, you know, always in movement, right? Like I would meet so many really cool people in college that were always doing such, you know, just fantastical things. And I was like, Oh my God, like, who are you? Like, how are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you know break me because I, I love to get into the brass tacks like you know give me the the notes like i want to know like how you're able to do this who did you connect with like who did you email like mm. what websites did you research and you know because i think the reality is like you know when you see such folk folks with interesting projects it, it sometimes comes off as so grandiose that it's like damn i could never do that yeah, right? um, yeah. and in reality you know, because of, you know, the society we live in now and you know, with the internet and with just, you know, social communities we have, like there is nothing outside of our locus of control. And I truly believe that. Um, and I think it's about kind of just giving that information and opening it up for folks. I think that's what I'm the most passionate about when it comes to kind of just connecting with folks via my podcast. And and also just me personally, like I, I love to support, you know, creatives, uh, and I have the privilege of just meeting so many folks that kind of do that kind of stuff, um, but in terms of, you know, young and distinguished, I don't know if I can tell the story, but <laughs> um, initially when I was in college, I was at a party with one of my friends. And, you know, uh, me and him were talking to this girl, you know, and she was definitely like, you know, it was it was a good vibe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and she we were you know typical shaming like i'm like so what's your major right yeah. <laughs> um and i'm like yo like what's your major and she's like oh i like do like art psychology right and i'm like whoa look at you young and distinguished <laughs> <laughs> uh mean my friend we just always laugh about that um and as a result it just became like kind of a, a rallying climate for us like whenever we were in like you know moments where you know maybe we were nervous or scared or you know we wanted to kind of voice something and we're like bro like you're young and distinguish like you got this tell me this idea like mm-hmm. you know i want to hear it like yeah. you know where where is it coming from like what are we trying to do like you know even if it was just like something like you know amongst ourselves like a little like social trip like fuck yeah. it, let's do it you know um so that's kind of been on the back burners for a couple of months because you know i also have you know my startup and i also work a full-time job but i'm really mm-hmm. excited to see that launch um in the coming months uh hopefully hopefully weeks um but yeah like you know just kind of um, opening folks up to the idea that, you know, we can all do these things. And I think um something I like to say, uh, whenever I talk about, you know, my entrepreneurial ventures is like I used to be a community organizer, right? Like one mm-hmm. of my first, you know, um experiences in college was, you know, being like one of those annoying people on campus getting Oh, folks Hey, to sign. here's a pamphlet. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? Getting people to sign petitions and You know, I think learning community organizing was what really helped me, you know, jettison, like, you know, running a company, right, and being Mm -hmm. able to manage folks and, you know, different work streams and also kind of being innovative, right, like learning how to do research, right, but, you know, again, kind of just project management at its core um, and also just being someone that kind of, you know, has a kind of creative element to him, like I think. That's also just helped me be able to, like, you know,
0: be audacious with goals and, you know, mm-hmm.
1: building a vision and
0: whatnot. Definitely, like, the part that really resonates is just exclaiming it, like, like regardless of what anybody thinks, it's like, you have to be able to put it out there in the world. Definitely. And then, like, you follow it up. Just because, don't let your ideas die with the people that you tell. Yeah. Like, it's like, all Definitely. right, like it's like we're, like, we have this idea, this inspiration, and then we, like, hand it off to other people like they're gonna run any steps forward with it but it's like it doesn't work like that it's like you 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 share the information with trusted people like people that are obviously like like that support you and that love you and want to see you succeed and that could hopefully like possibly help you but at the end of the day it's like it's not up to them to bring it into reality absolutely um one of the first times where i saw how i guess they call it manifestation (laughs) but it's like it's just it's just like meeting ideas with actions that better get you like what's the what's the one thing that needs to be done after I come up with that idea because like there's a process to things definitely. has anybody done this before me um can I take some some wisdom off of them or can I just like step out and just try my try my hand at something definitely and and not being afraid of first just exclaiming something like before I moved to Portland like there's like a process like where I was just like I was working at a a kitchen at a golf course and I just wasn't happy and and I was like you know what like it's time so I started telling people I was like hey I'm moving to Portland no I hadn't I hadn't looked up any places to live hadn't looked up any jobs nothing I was just telling people I was like I'm moving to Portland moving to Portland anybody who who saw who I knew I would just tell them without any plan and the the thought behind that was that like I'm gonna look ridiculous that i didn't move to if i don't move to portland i'm gonna look like an idiot (laughs) and then people people are always going to come back to me and say i thought you were moving and i would have to face that embarrassment so i put myself in a in a in a situation where i was my back was against the wall and i had to do it and figuring out each of us has our own secret like like passcode to to push it put ourselves in that yeah. same situation Definitely. and you got to figure what that is for you to make you actually take yeah. those next steps and so generate that momentum yeah so i did that and then i painted a, f- a picture on like out of paper like watercolors that said portland with like a river and some trees and i had it on my door so i had to see it every single day and lo and behold like july 26 2016 i don't know whatever mm-hmm. whenever i moved there Um, but it was like, I was there and then I was like, Oh shit. And I, I slowly, but surely like, that was like a process that, that like led me to do so many other things where it's just like, I decide. And then a lot of the times I just don't tell anybody and I I just keep it to myself until like I have something to show. But when I do tell people things, it's because I trust them, but putting it out there and just like putting your voice and your energy behind it and putting it on the table is like the most important thing in the world because it'd be a shame if your if your vision for the life that you want to live dies with you
1: yeah and I think like and I'm gonna make a collegiate reference because I feel like I'm still like a young college grad um but I remember like on my first uh day of college uh we had like our freshman convocation and you know at the time I was still kind of feeling a lot of a lot of weird feelings about being you know at the school that I was because I was like you know there were there were you know just a lot of you know a lot of pressure right around folks that i grew up with about like oh what school are you going to like yeah you know that's a statement of your worth and whatnot and i remember you know meeting or hearing the student body president like speak like you know you know we're all exceptional we all have so much to you know contribute to this world to this campus And I remember going up to him after a speech and I said, one day I'm going to be student body president just like you, right? And lo and behold, you know, a few years later I ended up achieving it. And I think, you know, the power of kind of speaking something to existence is very real, but then following up with like, you know, daily actions, right? Or Mm -hmm. or just embedding it within your schedule, right? Like if you want to, if you want to do this, like put a timetable together, right? You know, start doing research, start sending emails, start like having meetings and conversations. Like, you know, it's, it's so doable, you know? And, and I think like, Um, something I experienced a lot because I was a political science, public policy. I wasn't a business student at all, right? I didn't know a lot about how to start a business, but I started putting myself in those spaces where, you know, I'd go to, you know, events where folks were, you know, having conversations about, you know, to the business students. And I was just there, like, you know, Taking notes down, asking questions, and and being bold enough to to be in those spaces um, unapologetically, right? Like mm-hmm. asking questions that were dumb at times, right? And and doing my own research and follow up at the on, on the back end, right? And I think too, you know, a lot of people are inspired by by those they see doing it. Yeah. And I think something that is often missed out is cold emails and just cold approaches, right? Yep. Like being like, "Yo, I loved what you just did. Would we'll love to have a coffee or lunch." Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. You know what I mean? And like that that reality, it's so it's, it's so attainable, right? Like yeah. just being able – and that, that opens doors for, for folks that aren't even in the space yet, right? And you're, you're not connecting with industry leaders that can give you critical advice, turn you on to programs, give you resources. Like not being afraid to speak up and to say something and try to connect with folks, right? And um, not even just doing that connection uh, or networking – you know laterally because a lot of folks think oh I got to talk to the top guys who are doing all this cool stuff yeah you know also just talking to your peers right and seeing what they're doing and understanding their strategies for success as
0: well Mm -hmm. yeah and more often than not I've found like when I first moved to Portland not knowing anybody and wanting to get my foot in sportswear and all that kind of stuff and making all those friends and being like oh that's the lead designer for Yeezy oh damn that's the person who designs the (laughs) Jordans like and like kind of like pedestalizing like regular people who don't need to be pedestalized which nobody does like that's complete bullshit we're all humans but more often than not like through the journey of like i feel like that was the skill once i moved to a new place like that was like i became like an expert like networker it's like i'll show up to all the events like say what up to everybody like listen and and like set tons and tons of coffee meetups and it's like coffee it's like most key. people yeah most people are so down to link up like like you're saying like the people that are like doing great things like they're even like more available than you think and then like the people like that are right under them or like in like the the ladder industry ladder or whatever like they're even more down to link up with you because they're like yeah this stuff's cool but like i have this other side project that i'm more passionate about but it's about making like a real connection to people like regard like not even thinking about like how am i going to climb this ladder it's like it's like you enjoy spending time with them are you somebody that they enjoy speaking to and, and do they feel comfortable around you and don't feel like you're just you're just using them to to climb this ladder and to achieve success and and all that kind of stuff because most of like i always say all of my relationships now are rooted in like a like a genuine respect and and admiration for people's crafts and in the lives that they've built and who they are as a person and then if we get if we have like the pleasure to work together Mm -hmm. oh that's icing on the cake then then we're fucking living it right now
1: definitely definitely I think like um a lot of folks that I meet often think like oh if I'm meeting someone high up, like I just need to ask them for a job and then I'll mm-hmm. be where I need to be. And it's like, there's so many ways to get value out of meetings. There's so many ways to, pro- you'll also provide value, right? Like just being someone who's learned in the space and who does their research, you can, you can turn them on to other folks that is also valuable for yeah, their own, totally. you know, progression and whatnot. So I think there's just so many ways to, um, ascend right to wherever you want to be. And, I remember seeing this this video about a guy who took like 100 coffee chats um, in a year or something like that. And, you know, he ended up coming to a city with no job. And then, you know, at the end, he not only had a job, but he also had side ventures that he's able to start via just, you know, connecting with folks. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we all crave connection, right? We all love, you know, kicking it with our friends and whatnot and just having those moments. But I think, you know, just being able to do that in a, in a, in a setting that isn't always the most professional because it's not also about like being like, oh, let me learn more about your resume again. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's about, you know, having just honest conversations and, and learning about people's lives and, you know, what their aspirations are even at this point. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. My resume is so unimpressive. Like, let me tell you, it's like <laughs> like I don't even believe like that. whenever I whenever I get like whenever I get into the space of like, hey, I'm going to put my resume in for this. I know I'm limiting myself like i i feel this tenseness in my neck and my shoulders and like my heart area and it's like i like why am i doing this thing right now cuz i know i don't want to do this like just the idea of like trying to like put myself into this box literally on a piece of paper in like i'm literally putting myself in like a rectangular box um and like all of my worth and value is right there and i feel my body tense up and, and whenever i get into that space i know i'm i'm not doing what is meant for me definitely and and that's something that i fought for so freaking long was just like hey like i got to make this money i got to do this thing um i don't know if if these other things are going to work but now it's like like my hand i like it's not up to me anymore it's like i'm going to do what i need to do just in awareness knowing what i have to do and like constantly moving towards those those the those things and the uh holding myself to uh, holding myself accountable, essentially. But whenever it's like, <laughs> Aaron, like, talk about like your past experiences. Luckily, the the experiences that I've experienced the, these last couple of years, they've increased more and more. And I'm like, oh shit, I did that shit. Oh shit, I did that shit. Oh. Yeah. But like c- to contextualize it again, um, for a role that is asking you to do like specific things and and not to draw outside of the lines is something that I in that I recognize now is like okay like if I were to go a more like traditional route it's like I need to be able to improvise and to show up as my full self and if it's not that if I can't show up as my full self then any opportunity is not for me
1: definitely definitely and I think improvisation is one of those skills that you learn with time but it's just so valuable right like and I love how you reference like coloring outside the lines because I feel like as a whole and it is obviously you know contextual to certain you know industries but i think folks are becoming more and more open to seeing candidates that have kind of a diverse skill set and they might not have every box ticked off but they potentially are interesting, and they have projects that speak to their, you know, credibility, and they they have a vision, right? I think yeah. that's the number one thing. You know, whenever I connect with anyone, I want to know what your vision is. Like, what are you mm-hmm. trying to build? Like, what can you speak to in terms of your passion, your interests? You know, how do you want to create? Like, what's your movement? You know, what yeah. I mean? What is your
0: movement? Oh, that's a good name for the podcast <laughs> episode. What's your movement? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, I, I think I think that's what it's really about, and I think also like leading with community and trying to get connected with folks that are in those spaces and just being like, yo, I just wanna learn. You know what I mean? Like, how can I learn from your successes, your failures? And um, even just having a 30 minute chat one time can really change the game because they can also turn you on other people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That might be more willing to have ongoing conversations. Like folks are willing to mentor others um, and I think that's something I'm, I'm even working on right now because I kind of have this mentality sometimes where I'm like, I want to get it on my own. I don't need nobody. Yeah. Um, but I have been lucky enough to have mentors that have, you know, helped me out, um, from time to time and really put me on in certain spaces. But I think, you know, getting someone that's a little bit more stable, mm-hmm. someone that you can check in with regularly is also
0: really great. Yeah. yeah. Who are some of the mentors that kind of gave you like the wisdom when you needed it? Cause that's a topic that I've covered before is just like me not having mentors and, like, I always go back to that part. But who are some of the people uh, that led you, uh, opened a couple of doors for you and that, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think um little cliche, but my brother was definitely a huge mentor of mine. Like, um, we, we grew up together and, and sometimes I feel like, you know, he raised me a lot. Um, and whenever I had moments where I just didn't know what to do or what to turn to, he was always such a supportive figure for me. Um, I also had a lot of, like, you know, black males at my university that, Mm. you know, had gone before me and did things that I wanted to do that were able to kind of just be like, yeah, this is kind of like the formula, you know, but outside the formula, these are other things you can do and pay attention to. Mm. And I think something I I learned from one of my mentors was to always just stay vigilant about opportunities because, you know, Mm. we're always getting these, you know, spam emails, you know, or we're seeing things and we're walking to the coffee shop. And uh, I try to, you know, pay attention to those details and be like, oh. This is this is a cool program. Like, let me you know just Google it, or someone will t- say something offhand about something they did, and I'll be like, let me just write that down and look it up later, because who knows? Like, that could be something I, I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know part of you know why I've traveled so much, because uh, folks have just like you know posted things on Facebook, and I've been like, oh my god, that looks so cool. Like, let me just apply for it. You know what I mean? And um, that's contributed to so many of my experiences and just developmental uh, periods of my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting to the place of like being vigilant about opportunities and to see an opportunity even with no's. Like when I get told no, I'm like, ooh, sweet. Where's the yes? Like yeah. where's the open door? Like mm-hmm. when when I, when I get a door slammed in my face, I'm like, all right. Like there's another one that's open. But a lot of people, including myself, um, tend to focus on like that no and like that door in my face and the person who said no to me, in in spending the next however much time villainizing that person and and how much they're wrong and like they they don't know me like they're not valuing me and all that kind of stuff and I'm just like like now like I've kind of removed the personal nature of that 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 gut like that initial response and being hurt essentially not being accepted which always hurts but now it's like when there's a no it's like okay where's the yes like when I when I look back at it now like all of those jobs that I made those resumes for and they kept on saying no it was like Spirit or the universe saying like, Aaron, do your fucking own shit. Fact. Stop fucking trying to get into this building. You talk to all your friends that are in these companies, and they're not stoked on the job. Yeah, they, they most of the people aren't stoked on it. So why do you keep on trying to get into this club that doesn't want you? You know that you need to put your voice out there. You need to you need to be fearless because no one's gonna do it for you, and nobody's gonna validate you beside you. And it it was a long, long like journey but all of, all of those no's were all it was pointing me back to myself is like that's where it's going to come from it's going to come from you and nobody else and that's something that's taken a lot a lot of time to speak with this cl- much clarity and like like confidence essentially but it, like that's the way to whatever you want to create is always going back to yourself and not trying to look for acceptance outside of yourself
1: Yeah, because I feel like even if you were to get those opportunities, right, like the folks that are in those buildings right now are strategizing their way out, right? Mm. And they're starting their own projects because they realize that, like, you know, working in this, working for the corporate overlords is never going to make you happy and satisfied. You know what I mean? So I think it's about, one, recognizing if folks tell you no, I feel like they they don't know who you are. They don't know you yet, right? And I think um, you having that self-mastery to recognize that, okay, this is a no, But even though the store is closed, there are other windows that are available, right? Because we're not above climbing through a window to get to where we want to go, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And I think there's nothing more beautiful than starting your own project and feeling fulfilled by, you know, your own piece of work. And I think, you know, we're, we're living in an era where, you know, there are new opportunities to you know obviously monetize like what we're working on personally but also to like build and collaborate with you know other brands and industries mm-hmm. that are trying to capture the audience that you're already speaking to yeah
0: most definitely like like even like dms just like reaching out and if you're a fan of a product and you're a photographer or anything it's like if you fuck with the product take photos of it and or share it, write a blog about this product or whatever. Like. Like those, there are no, there are no like boundaries or rules. Like you can literally create absolutely anything in the world. And once I like realized, it's like, Oh shit. Like I can create like a business out of something that I started on Instagram. Like what the hell? It started out with like doing just going on Instagram lives in my room, just drinking tea saying like, Hey, my name's Aaron. Uh, like I, I started meditating, uh, I just want to welcome you guys to to meditate with me. (laughs) I love it. Like, two people in there, and it's, like, the consistency. Just keep on showing up every single day. Uh, And then now it's, like, leading five-day meditation workshops with, like, the biggest ad agency in the world. And it's, like, that shit just happened this last month, and I'm, like, wait, what the fuck? The place that I wanted to get a job at that I was, that my resume wasn't good enough for, like, like not getting accepted at all of these jobs now are my clients and I'm sending invoices to them for, for Ugh. more money than what they would have paid me. Yeah. Like what? That's the dream right there. What? That's what it's all about. Yeah. And you can create your own opportunity from anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> facts. Facts. And I, I love the courage of having those Instagram lives. I definitely need to do that more. Um, But yeah, I think, that's the beauty of like being young in this time is that we have like this entrepreneurial spirit. And I think, you know, slowly, but surely like folks are starting to recognize that, you know, in the corporate space and they're making room for us.
0: Yeah. You know, we're, we're making room, room for, for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're making our room for ourselves. Yeah. Now they're accommodating us. Cause they're like, we're fucking dying. Like we don't, we don't have like levity or the ability to bend or shift. And it's like, you can freaking bulldoze your way into those, those places and say, give me the bag. Definitely, definitely. This is a heist. <laughs> Put your hands up. <laughs> no, but it's, it's but overall, like joking aside, like it's about providing value for others. It's like people saw value in me, and I respect the the people who saw the value that I brought and that I can bring to an organization of people that are that are like within these companies. And there's many many talented people that are working their asses off at companies that, and if you can provide some value to to them or the people in your community like if you provide uh, like value for others you will always have a place in this world you will absolutely. always be taken care of you will always be able to pay your bills like if you lead, if you lead with that obviously doing your own self work and and making sure you're right healthy mentally spiritually physically but after that if you if you have the mind to to create things that benefit the lives of others like you're always going to be looked after
1: absolutely and i think i think so many of us are just so creative but we often don't take ourselves seriously in our dreams seriously and, you know there's there's nothing worse than seeing you know potential loss and um i think you know one like getting one negative comment or, or even I, I you know what i love most i love when folks don't believe in me right because mm. i feel like that pushes me that pushes me harder to one you know lo- look inside myself and you know just reconnect with the fact that I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm where where my value comes from and I know that I can do this, right? And I think, you know, just recognizing at the end of the day that you know, no one no one's yes or no is going to make your dream happen. It all comes from inside of you. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think just focusing on, you know, bringing that vision to life, you know, through reflection, through strategy, right? Um and through consistency like you said earlier, I think that's how you really build something of value and and also like it's not always going to work. You know, your first project Mm-mm. might not get off the ground, right? Mm-mm. Like, you know, um, and I think that's fine, right? And, and making peace with that, right? Like, but still holding on to that, you know, spirit of being creative and entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. um, that's what's going to really take you there. Because, you know, it might be that failed project that then shows other folks that, oh, you, he can do this because he's worked on things like this, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, you need to fail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that's, that's like, the biggest lesson is failure. Word. Well, I'm enjoying the hell out of this last day. Today's been go, go, go. Definitely. We had an definitely. amazing brunch. <laughs> like, I got my uh, chapolines. That's crickets for y'all. Got my <laughs> Oaxacan cheese. Got some gifts. Um,. How are you gonna spend the next couple of days? How much longer are you here? I'm here till Saturday. Saturday? Oh yeah, um, yeah, I got time.
1: We got time. We're trying to get a little salsa lesson in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm bro, trying to improve yeah. my salsa game. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to get in that. Yeah, lifestyle get in, well. tap in, bro. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, tap into the
1: last minute salsa lesson. The facts. Yeah.
0: Um, but also just you know,
1: I really want to like go on a bike ride. It's been forever since. Have i Have Have you seen, seen the
0: people like going through the streets at night on the bike rides? No, I haven't oh, seen that dude, yet. Oh, dude, there's like there's like a full on like bar- like motorcade of like like maybe like 50 people on bicycles like in the night like on the weekends and like everybody would be like kind of like clubbing or just like walking down these streets and then like one bike will go through and then they're like bumping music and, like <laughs> and everybody's just like following them I'm like wait the night bike ride in the middle of Oaxaca yo that's yeah, like such a vibe freaking dope I'm definitely gonna come back here again like I I feel like it takes more time than just like a week to yeah. really, like, experience. I think these last couple of days, just kind of, like, walking, like, uncharted has kind of, like, opened the city up even more, like, where there's so many, like, little pockets and quadrants. Hola, señor. Hola. <laughs> Paleteria. Yeah, I Nachito. definitely want to, That's That's uh, the man who's uh, selling some ice creams. Mm-hmm
1: definitely gonna have to hit that
0: in a sec yeah this like this city has like so much to offer and and the more we connect to like the people that live here like the more uh yeah the more we learn
1: Yeah, and i think kind of just like getting back into the nature of traveling and you know just connecting with others like that's something that 2020 definitely robbed of us um and you know just being back out here you know with the fortunate you know opportunity of being vaccinated and and um and just being back out here is just so, or being here for the first time, but being back in the, in the you know, the route of traveling and whatnot has just been so uplifting, you know, because, like, it's all about, you know, cultural immersion and, and meeting folks and having those authentic conversations and just, you know, embracing a different culture than your own and, and you know, picking up those pieces that we can bring back home, right, mm-hmm. like to Portland, to mm-hmm. L.A., San Bernardino, wherever we're from, you know. Yeah,
0: a lot of the times those pieces aren't even, like, like visual or like quantifiable yeah like yeah. Th- it's like you live the experience you share the time and space the energy the food conversation and like you download all of that information and it's 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 there but it's it's sometimes like it's not like a one-to-one transference it's like all right now i'm gonna share you compassion from it's just like it just becomes a part of you and and people feel it and and that's like the the side of, like, traveling that I love so much because it kind of tears down the walls that you've built, and then you build a, a newer wall, like a prettier wall. Definitely. I wouldn't even say a wall. I would say you, <laughs> you like, I guess you make some ground art. Yeah, yeah, yeah a sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ground, yeah, grounded. Yeah, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um,
1: I guess I'm just really thankful to have met you. Um, Likewise. Definitely, you know fuck with the podcast um you know obviously check all of his stuff out um and don't be afraid to new meet new people right like that's what life's about you know i think um it's so cool to have met you and your brother just so randomly yeah Um, and
0: (laughs) it's like super serendipitous and it's like we're recording a podcast i brought my stuff down here like my friend was in another city like, we thought he was in Oaxaca but he was in – or we thought we was in. he was in El Centro. Shout out to Sunru. Um, <laughs> but then it's like, all right, like, well, I guess we could do one. Yeah, hey. yeah. So. I love the
1: mobility of this podcast. Oh, yeah. It's we just, out here. We're yeah. in a courtyard. Where, like,
0: birds are chirping. Y'all hear them. <laughs> this is probably the first podcast where you've, like, been walking in transit or, or – uh, I've done something, like, outside at, like, parks and stuff. But, okay. like, I, this is, like, the first, like, abroad podcast, which is – if y'all listen to episode one – Uh, I talk about this. Like, this is exactly (laughs) what I talk about. I'm like, yo, I want to be in any country and just meet some really amazing people doing great things and record from there and share it with the world. And, like, to walk into that experience in this very moment is something that I'm forever grateful for. So thank you so much for for being a part of it. Absolutely. I'm honored. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Dope. Uh, Where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, so you
1: can find me on Instagram. Um, it's I am Shamie Cole. And Shamie Cole is spelled like S E M I C O L E. So I am Shamie Cole. <laughs> um, yeah, and you can also find us, uh, f- find Saru at, at Saru Recycling. We're on all platforms. Um, and Saru is spelled S A R U and then Recycling. And it actually stands for Smart Automated Recycling Unit. Um, oh. So people are like, what is a Saru? I what love is a Saru? Acronyms. Like, you know, acronyms. Uh, right so definitely check us out we have a great website we're looking for beta testers right now so definitely feel free to sign up we're going to be live in the app store hopefully within the next month um so yeah stay tuned
0: awesome well thank you shami and thank you all for listening to opening presents